Welcome to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast, where we speak to members and ask them to share some property industry insights and at the same time, get to know our industry colleagues a little better. My guest today is Scott Norman. Scott is the General Manager of Queensland at Fraser's Property Australia. Scott joined Fraser's Property Australia in 2007 and oversees the acquisition and development of apartment, mixed-use, townhouse and land communities, which have an end value in excess of $2 billion. Scott has almost 20 years of experience in South East Queensland's property sector. Prior to joining Fraser's, Scott was a consulting engineer and project manager working on numerous property and infrastructure projects throughout Queensland. Scott holds a Bachelor of Civil Engineering. Thanks for joining us on the Development Drum today, Scott. Scott, you've been at Fraser's and previously Australand for 16 years. What makes it a special place to work? That's a good question. And look, I don't think it's always been a special place to work. And look, that's not to be derogatory to what it was. It's just that we've been on a journey for Mm -hmm. a fair while now. And pretty much all of that time, if I'm honest. And there's a little bit of dumb luck where we find ourselves sometimes, particularly early in our careers. And I don't think that applies, though, to the last decade, to be honest, because I've been very fortunate to find myself in a place that you know, strongly aligns with my values. And I think that's really key yeah. to longevity in any role, particularly the focus around people and Mm. culture, I think has been really strong, but also customer and community. I mean, there's just sort of core elements of our purpose at Fraser's, but it wasn't always the case, right? I think, you know, 16 years ago, we were very much in a process of starting to unpack that. Um, There's been some really special leaders in our business that have helped us on that journey along the way. At the end of the day, that's created an environment where, you know, we've been able to grow as people as well. And again, I think that's about as much as you can ask from from an organisation, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it ultimately grows you as a person and you find really solid alignment where the business wants to go. You mentioned that it has been an evolution over those 16 years. Do you think in part that's being mirrored by a bit of an evolution of the industry as well? I think it's certainly been coincident with that. I think the industry has also evolved in a fairly significant way Mm -hmm. over the last at least decade as well. But I do think it's something that we've sort of charted ourselves a little bit and it was probably more product of where we found ourselves heading into the GFC and coming out of the GFC. But also, obviously, the business transitioned from Australia to Fraser's off the back of that period as well. And it it was a wonderful opportunity for us to really hit a reset button mm. uh, for ourselves and, and sort of ask some really big questions about who we want to be and where we want to go, particularly as our business really stepped up in scale at that point as well with the yeah. incorporation by Fraser's. Yes. So the fact that the industry has been moving in the same direction has been wonderful because I think that it's obviously really good for the industry yeah, uh, as well. And we do constantly sort of sit back and find ourselves well aligned with the direction that the industry is heading in. But for us, we've got a charter course yeah. that, you know, we want to be leaders in this space. Yeah, so absolutely. that's important. Now, you were elevated to general manager in Queensland in mid-2019. What a fantastic time just to have a big change in what your day-to-day activities like just on the eve of COVID, Scott. <laughs> so <laughs> how have you found your current role different to development director? I imagine those first nine months were interesting. Yeah, well, the first six months was great. I had yeah. no idea what I was sailing towards. <laughs> None of us did, Scott, yeah, though. Exactly. So um, I think the biggest difference from the development director role is that obviously as a general manager, it's a whole of business approach. And I think most significantly in that is the responsibility that I have for people and and culture, first and foremost, here in in Queensland. 
The thing that I miss most, though, is obviously the projects, the, mm. the customers, the communities that we get to create and be a part of. And I'm very lucky, I think, that at Fraser's we have a really flat structure and, and those elements are a core part of how we operate, why we do what we do. So I do still get to be involved in those kinds of things from day to day, but overall it's really about the people nowadays and that whole of business approach. Is that connection back to project important? for you to almost reground yourself at different times in in a project's lifespan? Where I say this is important is as a general manager of the business, I am a bit more responsible Mm. for the reinvestment decisions that we make and being able to make good reinvestment decisions and also have the support of the business to earn our right to use the business's capital on these projects stems from the successful projects that we deliver, that the good customer experiences, the good communities we're creating, the great quality of the product and what have you. Reinvestment is a lot easier to make off the back of that kind of performance um, than otherwise. So it's a healthy sort of dabbling on both sides of those things. I think always maintaining focus on our business delivering successful projects and delivering on its promises in alignment with the strategy of the broader phrases uh, business so that our reinvestment becomes something that it just makes sense. Yes. Did you find initially it was difficult to draw yourself out of the weeds a little bit? Um, Probably... So I knew I had to do it, yeah. right? Not so, enough hours in the day. Yeah, there, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the reality, right? I think your priorities shift. And I think shifting your priorities is probably the easy part. Yes. Um, because you know what you've got to do. You know what those priorities are. But the hard part is dealing with the consequences yeah. of how you've shifted your <laughs> yeah, priorities right. and, and all the people around you and, and what have you. I mean, it's got impacts, right? That's yeah. got change about it. And people that otherwise probably valued my input and my involvement and my time on certain things weren't getting that anymore. Yes. And and so that's been probably one of the bigger challenges of it is, is how to share my time around yeah. the team and that equally means where I'm not sharing it too because yeah. there are so many hours and, and what yeah. have you. So, you know, it's just having a lot of consciousness about those decisions is really important and being transparent and sharing that with people too, yeah. being a bit vulnerable yeah, about yeah, it yeah. Um, so that, you know, people can at least appreciate where you're coming from yeah. and why you're doing things. And the cloning experiment didn't work? No. (laughs) Unsuccessful at this point. (laughs) Uh, Now, people and culture is a a big focus at Fraser's and we've had Cam along to Development Drum before to speak about that. And it is increasingly the number one priority for organisations. So what makes Fraser's approach different? Yeah, look, and I love this question. I think it's something that we always deal with interviews and new Mm. starters in the business and anyone that's joined our team that I've had some involvement in will attest to this answer. (laughs) Culture for us is not a tagline, right? It's not something that we talk about because it's a given, I think. And everyone's got a culture. Um, The important thing for us is about what that culture is and how we work on it. And so this is a body of work for everyone every day yes. um, at Fraser's, as important as our projects and, you know, our strategy and, and what have you. So, you know, we've been working away at this quietly for, as I said, more than a decade. Mm. Uh, and it takes time to sort of, you know, grow your capability and your understanding in that space. Where that work really starts for us is about being clear about what our culture is. Yes. And, and that's something that we started to communicate, you know, about 2009 or thereabouts. Yeah. And it starts with, you know, knowing what your core values and behaviours are that you just won't compromise on, you know, because a a big part of this is about finding that alignment Mm -hmm. across people around things that are most important to you. So being clear about what our culture is. Secondly, we measure it routinely. Every two years, we go through a very extensive survey. We're about to enter our survey. Well, it's just opened for the next two years. 
And almost everyone in the organisation is a part of that. And that's an opportunity for all of the staff in the organisation to give really clear and concise feedback on yeah. a very reliable model around whether or not we're progressing or otherwise and where our strengths and weaknesses are on our culture. And it just gives us real insight as to how we're actually performing. And mm -hmm. so with anything you do in business, it's obviously really important to measure that. And so that's a really key step for us. And then finally, we need to grow from our results. We need to learn from them and make adaptations in our business. So yes. we put together two-year action plans off the back of the culture survey results and we progressively work at those plans and engaging staff and senior leaders in the business around doing the things that our people are telling us we need to do to create the most constructive and positive mm. culture in alignment with our values that we can. And, you know, that shifts with time yes. um, in some respect, particularly given everything we've experienced recently, but the fundamentals are still Stay the same, same in and yep. around the kind of behaviours that we need to be exercising more than anything to make sure that people, they feel that culture. Yeah. It's not just something talked about. Yeah. How do you assess in a job interview, Scott, whether someone's going to be a good cultural fit? That's a really tough one, to be honest. It is in, in the space of what have you got, sort of an Correct. hour a, hour at best? Correct. So I think just going into that with the value of wanting to make sure that this is something that's right for them as much as it is yes. for you, right? Yes. And just having that yep. drive to want to understand that. And first and foremost, I think. So it's, it's just having the right approach to the interview. There are so many skills that go into interviewing that it's one of the toughest things we do. And Absolutely. I think the people that we bring into our business, some of the more important decisions that we also make, yes. we don't always get that right. No. Um, to be honest, it's it's not helpful to think about it like we're writing a knife edge on that either, right? Mm. I think on the whole, we have the right approach around that, then we're going to be making some fairly decent decisions yeah. in that regard. And a big part of this is how we work with people yes. and, and try and find that alignment, try yes. and find that fit. And uh, I think if they have that willingness as well, then we're heading in a good direction. Absolutely. And what aspects of your role do you find challenging and which are the good bits? Look, I think we talked about the challenging bits a little bit. It is that time management yes. and prioritisation and the bits that I've come to love in this role is watching people grow. Yeah. I think you know, project outcomes and success and hitting milestones, they're great. But behind all of that, what you've got are people in the background that are growing their experience mm. and their capability around it. And they're the things that I like to focus on most. I think it's all too easy to point at a scoreboard or a milestone. I just find it a lot more beneficial to focus on what got us there yes. and, and the people that got us there. Yeah. Because that's the bit that makes it repeatable and mm. it takes the chance out of it and it means we're growing as a business. There was a little bit of that back managing projects and what have you, but yeah. uh, that's the bit that I find most rewarding about being the general manager of the Queensland business. I think that, you know, conversely to that, that the tough bits are where people are struggling, you yeah. know, and, uh, and there can be a myriad of reasons for that. It's not just business and performance no. and what have you, it's life circumstances yeah. and phases and so on. So, there's a lot of work and effort that goes into to understanding that because I think it's the best chance we give ourselves to be able to help them mm. as well. And, you know, accepting a bit of the ebb and flow that, yes. that goes on. I've been through it in my life and my career and other people are going through those journeys as well. So having that sort of empathy and understanding really helps, but they are the more difficult situations to, to sort of navigate. But I think generally spreading my time across the business, is kind of, it always comes back in my feedback from people that yeah. uh, that's where the balance needs to be struck. Absolutely. It's a difficult one to keep up yeah. at all times. Now, it's been a pretty challenging period for the industry over the last three years. What do you think we've learned as an industry over this period? 
Yeah, that's it's tricky. I think we're still in the period, to yes. be honest. It feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> um, look, it's been a fascinating time to be alive too, right, to sort of you know, be a part of, mm-hmm. of what this is and to try and navigate it. And when I sort of reflect on the eve of when we were heading into this, February, March of yep. 2020, we all quickly rushed to the toolkit and what we'd learned in the past around heading into tough times and what have you. And we were war rooming on cash flows and yes. looking at our expenditure yes. and bringing back investments and, and what have you. And I think we pretty quickly realised, though, and it only took a month or three to this wasn't a problem like we were dealing with in the past and it it needed a different approach. So ironically, the property market started to gain Mm -hmm. momentum and purchasers were making decisions that I'll happily admit I didn't understand uh, at the time. But now with the benefit of a bit of hindsight, you kind of see the psyche that was involved in that and and what was going on. The focus for us really shifted to this being more of a people problem. And people were losing connections. They weren't able to do their jobs. Anxiety was creeping into everyday life for everyone. Um, Parents were becoming teachers and, you know, all this crazy stuff. Just have PTSD. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So all this crazy stuff was going on and that really has been the biggest part of the focus of the last three years because we were sort of layering that with the fact that as an industry, we were getting really busy. Um, We we had a lot of supply to bring on to make sure that we were meeting that demand Mm. um, from the market, which is obviously a really important job uh, that we play. So whilst we had some tools from previous experiences I think the things that cut across were the nimbleness and the preparedness to be really responsive Mm. to the things that we were seeing in the marketplace. I mean, the sort of responsiveness we've had to carry over the last three years has been exhausting. I was going to say wearing. Yeah, Yeah. it has. And a really big part of that too is, uh, you know, we're not working like we used to. Mm. You know, it's funny to reflect back on what flexibility looked like three years ago, right? It was a form and an application and a review and, and what have you. Nowadays, it's normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just what people do um, and how they work. And I think it's easy to look past the micromanagement that goes on in your mind in this new environment around how we're working. And we've still got lots to learn around that. I think a bit crazy to say we've been doing this for three years and we've got lots to learn, but it's three years in the context of how we've been working forever. Exactly. So I don't think any of us have still worked out how to use Teams either, just quietly. (laughs) That might be just you. (laughs) It's just me. My team would say it's just me. (laughs) Do you think there was a moment too, Scott, where we almost had to be comfortable with stuff that was out of our control? You know, as an industry, we're so used to scheduling stuff, timelines, deadlines, delivery, and then all of a sudden there were things that were happening that were well outside our control, that there were no levers that could be pulled. We sort of had to just ride the wave. Correct. You've hit the nail on the head there. I think being comfortable with things outside of our control, um, that's a journey in itself. Yes. But the reality <laughs> is you go back to the things that we were talking to our staff about at the time, and that was to focus on the things that are in your control. Yes. You know? And there is yeah. a lot that yeah. we do control. Yeah. And the things that we do control are enormously beneficial to our customers and our communities mm-hmm. and, and what have you. And it was just such a, a no-win exercise to focus on all of the other noise that yes. was around that we couldn't. Yes. And so it was a really key part of the messaging of the last few years to get back to what we knew was good and right about mm-hmm. what we did as a business and focus on that because in the fullness of time, that's what will persevere. Yeah. Did you find that that was a really different test on culture as well. You know, the moments where we all fled, we were all sitting behind a computer screen for 10 hours a day. 
that would have been a very different challenge, I imagine. It was. And look, we did actually survey our culture in the middle of the pandemic. And yeah. thankfully, we made some positive gains. Yeah. Um, so I think broadly, people were very understanding yes. of, of what we were trying to navigate. Yes. Um, however, I think also that at the end of the day, your culture is about the investments that you're making in that. And when you're in an environment where you're forcing people to work and do things in a way that aren't conducive to culture, you're making withdrawals on that. And yes. that only goes on for so yes. long. So I think we were really fortunate to have this big reservoir of positivity and, and good culture in our business that we could draw on mm. um, through that period. And we were really focused on the things that we could do to try and you know, just do what we can to yes. offset that, right? Yes. And how we could bring people together, changing our working habits and behaviour and, and really trying to extend our understanding and empathy for each other yep. and what we're all going through yep. um, just to manage our everyday lives on top of succeeding our careers and, yes. and in our business. Yeah, absolutely. Now, thinking ahead to the next decade, what's your vision for Fraser's in Queensland? Feels like a decade's a really long time in property terms nowadays, does, right? It does. That's um, a couple of cycles, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I think you're thinking short term in the first instance, because we've reinvested well here in Queensland, we've got some significant delivery obligations Absolutely. that we've got to focus on. And and that's really tough at the moment, um, yeah. delivery, you know, yeah. in, the, in this environment. I've never experienced it so difficult mm. um, in my career to just work through our basic sort of procurement and uh, project management and cost planning and and so on and so forth. So, you know, the labour shortage and yes. the supply chain issues yes. are really biting at a time where I'd really like to bring some projects out of yeah, the ground, right, and, and, yeah. and deliver them. So. I've got five launches in the next two years. Wow. Um, so we've got the quarry out at Capera. We've got Chester Street in at the James Street precinct there. We've got Newbeath down in Flagstone at Round Mountain there that yeah. we'd like to do. We've got a multi-tower site out at Hamilton Reach. And then we've, of course, got our BTR project yes. at Brunswick & Co. Yeah. So that's a really big workbook. Mm. Um, and diverse as well, correct. Scott. It's, it's not a carbon copy of each other, is it? Correct. All five of those projects are unique yeah. and special. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've got to do a great job on that. And you've picked the easy ones too, the easy sites, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's right. We, we do love a challenge. Yeah. I think we, we call it, you know, this is a Fraser site, yeah. right? So it's, uh, <laughs> it's got an element of interest to it yeah. that, that we can work on and, yeah. and carve. So, so look, that's my next two years. But beyond that, I think the most important thing that we've really got to focus on and what I'm most excited about is sort of continuing to work at our purpose, you mm. know, around how we're creating these wonderfully healthier, smarter, happier communities, yeah. um, our focus on our customer experience and continuing to work at our culture around all of that and how we deliver it. It's exciting to sort of think about 10 years' time today when mm. I look around the office at the young people yes. in our team. And the foundation that they're being given in the property industry and the way in which they're able to think about these things versus what it was 10 years ago and where they might take that yes. is actually a pretty exciting thing to think about. You yeah. know, we're, um, we're growing at a rapid rate, getting better and better at what we do. And yeah. uh, these people are going to be heroes, you know, yeah. in, in uh, the next 10 years around yeah. how they go about this business. Yeah. And I guess, Scott, then the attention turns to retaining that talent and making sure that you can continue to challenge them, reward them. Correct. Which is focusing on their growth yes. and their development. Yeah. Um, I think culture is obviously an important part of that. You know, as I said, it, we've been working on this for over a decade. Mm. You know, it, this doesn't come around quickly at the click of the fingers. We no. invest, we started investing in this for a decade it's ago. It's a really genuine commitment. Yeah. yeah. And so, but it's important that they value that too yes. and that that aligns with them. 
And I think if that does and then the strategy of the business is also in a direction that aligns yeah. with them, yeah. then you know, retention does become a slightly simpler equation, yes. not to ever sort of take it for granted, but they're the big pieces you mm. have to have in place. And if you don't, you won't know why you're not retaining people. Yeah. So. Sounds like an exciting couple of years ahead. Yeah. Another exciting couple of years. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit different, hopefully this time. I think so, right? <laughs> I think we're finding our new norm. We've yeah. obviously got some hangovers to deal with over yeah. the last three years, but we're also getting better at this new norm as well. And that's exciting. I have been saying to people, I feel a lot more energised this January yes. than I have for the last few yes, Januarys. Absolutely. And I think everyone getting a good break and not getting COVID, most people didn't get no, COVID over right. Christmas. <laughs> Some people weren't so lucky. That's played a big role in it. But I also think we're just getting a little bit more comfortable in our skin at the moment. Yeah off the back of the uncertainty of the last few years and yep. ready to make a run of this, which is great. A little bit more comfortable with being uncomfortable, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> well, Scott, it's been absolutely wonderful to chat with you and, and thank you for all that you do, not only for the industry, but more personally, UDIA. We really appreciate having you around that board table and the exciting couple of years ahead. So thanks for your time, Scott. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Remember to rate and review this show on your favourite podcast app. While you're there, please make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss an episode.